Hey there, greetings everyone and welcome back to another episode of Plan B Success. We have Blair Singer with us today all the way from Phoenix, Arizona. Now Blair is a best-selling author, sales talks, one of his books, Little Voice Mastery, Team Code of Honor, some of his books. He's also been a rich dad advisor and he's a leadership coach. He's got Blair Singer Virtual Training Academy, which is his platform for reaching out and helping others become better leaders, better business people. So welcome, Blair. Thank you, Rajiv. It's good to be here. Absolute pleasure having you. So let's begin with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Okay. I'll give you the snapshot version. Um, As you mentioned, I've been a Rich Dad advisor for many years. Robert Kiyosaki and I've been friends um, since we met back in the early 1980s in Hawaii, uh, I grew up in, I grew up in the Midwest, got sick and tired of the weather there. And I got out of university and decided to go to move to Hawaii. And that's when, that's really when my entrepreneurial adventure began. I, I started as a sales rep for a large fortune 50 company, uh, almost got fired from that per- first position. Um, but I realized that the, that the challenge that I, I faced was the fact that I had never sold anything. I thought it wouldn't be such a big deal, but the amount of rejection and objections I got out of the gate, I was ready to quit until I realized a couple of days into it that really it had very little to do with a customer. It had really to do with the toughest sale of all, which is me selling me to me, right? You know, convincing myself, you know, if you've ever been in a situation like that. And, and so that began a quest to not only win the battle of my brain or what I call little voice, the little voice in your head, little voice mastery, but um, just became adamant about seeking the better part of myself and went from uh, being a sales rep to starting my own business at a surf shop in Waikiki, air freight trucking operation in Los Angeles, uh, software business, now uh, a sales franchising business, uh, and now Blair Singer Training Academy, which is a group of about 400 trainers deployed in about 40 countries around the world right now. Uh, they're the, some of the best teachers, leaders, and facilitators in the world. And um, that's what I do. And, and that's why I was very intrigued by your plan B when you talk about uh, what do you do when you really decide consciously what you want to do rather than just kind of falling into something. Is that your plan B or is, is your plan B really your plan A that you didn't have the courage to take on in the very beginning, right? Right, right. So that's about myself. Awesome. So, you know, your, your, some of your books and the first one that comes to mind is sales stocks. Can you talk a little bit about that? You, you, you started off saying that you had never sold anything and now here you are coaching yeah. leaders yeah. and coaching salespeople. Yeah, yeah, it was, and that book was my first book, uh, written around 2000, somewhere in that time frame. I um, I realized that sales equals income, right? And my travels around the world, I mean, up until COVID, I was on the road two thirds of my life, um, working with hundreds of thousands of entrepreneurs and big groups, small groups, big companies like Singapore Airlines and IBM and HSBC private bank and people like this. And what I realized, the one thing, the one thing in common is that people wanted income, but they didn't like to sell. <laughs> Everybody wants the money, but in order to generate money, particularly as an entrepreneur, you have to be able to sell. And even as an investor, you have to be able to sell if you're raising capital. So 
I just figured, what am I going? What can I do to make it e- really easy for people to learn that you don't have to be an attack dog, you don't have to be crazy, you don't have to be a pit bull to be able to make money? And that's why I wrote the book, which is basically there are five personality types, right? Um, and once you find out what your personality type is, play to your strength, you can make a lot of money. You don't have to be like somebody else. And it has been very. Po- it was the first rich dad advisor book, by the way. Um, and it's been translated, I think, over 30 languages, and it's still selling. I mean, it's it's still selling all over the world. I'm very blessed by that. But it hit a chord, two chords. Back in 2000, in, in, uh, 2000, you know, the idea of being authentic was kind of a new development and personal development. You know, it's like you've got to be yourself, do all that kind of stuff. And so it was I really maintain that rather than trying to be somebody that you're not, if you can be who you are, people are going to appreciate that and trust you more. And and that turned out to be true. And that's been my career. So I thought I'd teach it to other people. And it's been very popular ever since. You know, you also talk about the little voice. What's that? The little voice is that thing in your head that just said, well, little voice, I don't have a little voice. That's the one. Okay. You know, I, 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 I tease, it sounds like my mother or something like that, but it's what the little voice is that part of your brain that says things like, well, you're not smart enough. You can't do it yet. You know, you're not old enough. You're too old. You're too, you're too skinny. You're too fat. You're too slow. You're too, all these things, all the stuff that comes in your brain that virtually seeps or saps the confidence right out of you. Um, and I've seen, countless amazing dreams, goals, and plans that just never made, saw the light of day because the person involved, the, the creator of that, didn't have the courage to over, you know, because the, the little voice kept telling them they weren't good enough or not yet or whatever, whatever the procrastinating voice is that sabotages your best efforts. And so I wrote the book, Little Voice Mastery, because I have the same problem. And so my solution was to seek out the best teachers, gurus, and um, personal development coaches I could find over the years and basically compiled it into a very simple book. And I isolated about 21 different techniques that a person can actually use. If the little voice says this, you do that. If the little voice does this, you do that or you don't do that. And, And to be able to turn it around quickly, at least long enough for you to gain your senses. Because the little voice, Rajiv, is not the real you. The real you is expansive, it's creative, it's courageous. But all that little voice stuff is a composite of your parents, teachers, and media, and, uh, and politicians, and all the narratives that flood our, flood our lives. And you end up believing it, unless you understand that it's not the same as the real you. You know, you, when we talk about the real person, the real, real who you are, you know, obviously any person is, is at their best or most comfortable when they are themselves. But the world that we live in, the corporations that we work in, the roles that we play, there's a certain expectation of them in terms of the person that steps into that role and does things uh, uh, in order to get those results that, that are sought. 
And somewhere in that process is where people lose themselves. That's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, and I'm just, I'm just going to make a comment about that if, you let, if it's okay. And that is this, is that you and I know that being your true authentic self is where your strength is, right? But I'm just going to say that, there are, that the, the environment that you're working in, whether it's in school, whether it's in a corporation, whether it's in a big or small business, they will, most people will give lip service to the fact that that's true. But the truth of it is that may not be what they want. The real you, the real you may not be enough for what they want. That's, that's a fact. In other words, if the real you is, if I tell you, you know, I need to sell, you want me to sell, I'm re- it makes me very nervous. I'm, I'm a little scared. I'm willing to learn. But, you know, there may, you may have an employer who doesn't want to hear that even though you're being yourself. I mean, that's, that's a fact. And, and so then you got to either decide, I don't want to be here, or you're going to have to make the changes you need to make so that you can be your real self. So it's not, ex- it's not an exact science. I've had many people over the years say to me, well, I just, I, I want to find my true purpose and I want to do, and, and I'm a big believer in trying finding your purpose and being your authentic self. But at the same time, one thing I know about me, is that I have still not achieved the best me yet. I don't know that any of us do, right? And so I am on a a constant quest and journey to find out what that is. And so it's it's a constantly working process. So I think that some people use the the idea that I got to be myself, sometimes as an excuse (laughs) not to do things, when in fact, yeah, you got to be yourself, but yourself can also improve. And yourself can also get better and yourself can obtain new skills. Um, you know, I, I would hope that I today am um, a better person, a more skilled person, a more conscious person than maybe I was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. For sure, 30 years or better than 30 years ago, um, if I look at what I was spending my time doing. So, so yeah, authenticity is really important. And that's and again, as I, as you mentioned, that's the key to that the book Sales Dogs. And that's why little voice mastery is such a big part of that, because it's the little voice that stops you from doing all the things that I just mentioned. You know, but you know, to to continue on what I was saying, so we are quick to judge, you know, although a lot of people talk about uh, that you should not be judging. We are not objective. You're very subjective. Everybody's quick to judge. You know, so let's say you're hiring for a role. Uh, well, the way you see that role and what that role should be doing is through your tinted glasses. It may not be, it's not about right or wrong. It's mm. about you seeing it through your tinted glasses. And then there might be, uh, you know, t- you, let's say you get 10 resumes they, and they might all be qualified and they might all need to be given that one chance to, uh, to go through the process before you make a decision. But a lot of them are cut out before, right? Why? Because the person who's making, who has that control over that judgment has certain uh, preconceived notions. So, that's in, right. and, and this, that's the same case with sales, right? So, What's your advice to people who are in the, on the other side? <laughs> okay, so, well, my advice to the person that's applying mm-hmm. uh, is for, well, no, let's start with the other one. The, the person that's doing the interviewing, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that learn to be a better leader. 
Learn to be a better coach, learn to be a better leader, learn, learn that there's a certain psychology to human beings. And by the way, it continues to change. You know, the world we live in now is not the same that it was pre-pandemic. As you know, sales has changed. The approach to sales has changed. The approach to I mean, we're in the middle of what they call the great resignation right now. People are leaving. And there's over 10 million new jobs available in America. People aren't taking them. And, you know, and one of the big reasons is because those guys are doing the interviewing. You know, they're not creating an environment that people want to stay in. If I can if I can do the same amount of work at home and be with my kids why would I want to go in there and be abused? Okay, so, so, so that's one side. On the other side, if you're the applicant, is to understand a couple of things. I'm a big believer in entrepreneurship. I'll just be honest with you, okay? And I know there's a lot of professionals and students out there. Um, I'm just going to say that you're, I, I was in the corporate environment for several years. I was a top salesperson there. I don't think I could go back to it. And the reason I can't go back to it is because once you get a taste of the freedom of being yourself and being able to actually generate income and be able to build teams and, and be able to see what's available to you, I, could, I couldn't go back to that. The ultimate freedom and the probably the best at this stage of our society, the best path to be being financially free really is as an entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur. And, and, and so I would have a person heavily consider that if you consider yourself to be a little bit different than other people, you don't quite conform so much. You like to do things your own way and things like that. Um, you might want to think twice about applying, applying and then why you're applying for that job. Are you applying to that job for the money? I mean, I knew that when I first did, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for the highest paying position I could get. That's why I went into sales because the the there was really it seemed like there was no ceiling. Um, but that's the that, that's the first thing I tell the applicant is consider entrepreneurship. More people now than ever before. I think that I, I read the Small Business Administration said in 2020, the number of new applicants, new registrations of businesses in the United States was up 27% year on year from 2019. Now, the average, Rajiv, is only 5% a year. So that was like, that's like five times what it was before, right in the middle of the pandemic. But the other side of that is we know that half of those people are going to fail because they don't have the skills, they don't have the tools, they don't have the little voice mastery to overcome the adversity. So then they kind of settle back for another job. I, 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 I'm getting off track a little bit. Your question was, what, what, what would I say to the applicant? And I'd say to the applicant, never stop learning. Always know going in that you're going to have to learn a lot and it's going to change again, change again, change again. Um, and, and if you go in with the attitude of, I'm going to take on this job because I want to learn this, because there's things here I really want to learn. I went to work for the Burroughs Corporation. Robert went to work for the Xerox Corporation, because not because we love those companies, because we knew they had the best sales training programs. And we knew that that would serve us later. So that's so I would say wherever you apply, look at it as a place for you to learn what you need to learn. Now, if it turns out a great place and the environment's good, that's that's a plus, uh, and you'll stay and you'll grow with it. But if not, at least it'll be a rewarding experience. And as you learn, you'll help the company you're working with, and it works for everybody. Right. 
So, you know, when it comes to sales and business development, again, the, you know, there's before you even begin, right? So you, you got to have the other person who's willing to buy or who's willing to at least uh, look into buying needs to trust. It's a trust factor. Yeah. And there's this notion that sales and business development most of the time is about smoke and mirrors. Um, and uh, what's your take on that? <laughs> well, I think, unfortunately, you're right. That a lot of people think that. And, um, but I think that, like I said, I've just watched what's happened in the last two or three years. And anybody that's using smoke and mirrors is out. Okay, it's just not, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work anymore. People uh, hold on to their money a little bit tighter. Uh, they're a little more scrutinous. Um, and smoke and mirrors don't work. Now, the, the, so if, 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 if a person is selling from that perspective, I tell you to stop and to make some changes because the amount of money that you'll, because that smoke and mirrors approach works at the, at the bottom of the pyramid. And the bottom of the pyramid is commodity selling, right? That's when people are just selling for price, you know, and bundling and high pressure and all that. When you start moving up the hierarchy at the very top, people buy because they see you as the seller. They see you as a source of information, a source of wisdom, a source of, of um, insurance almost, so to speak, that you become an insurance policy, that doing business with you is is less of a risk than dealing with the other guy. Okay. So that's how that, that's how that's changed. I think you gotta, you got to really change your approach. And if you're a person that buys a buyer, we're all buyers is to get the notion out of your mind that it's smoke and mirrors, because you may miss out on some good opportunities. It's not all smoke and mirrors. Just learn to ask good questions. We teach salespeople that the, the power of the person that asks the question is usually in control of the conversation. But that's true for the customer as well. You should be asking lots of questions, important questions, intelligent questions, and get the answers that you want. If you don't get the answers you want, go someplace else. And, and, and forget the smoke and mirror stuff. Don't be afraid of the sales. I see people, they go to, they go to a store and a salesperson comes up to them and they're, and they're afraid. They, no, 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 I'm not interested. You know, they don't want to, they don't want to talk to them. Uh, don't be afraid of these guys. I mean, ask good questions. You'll find that there are some people out there that really do want to help you. They do really want to serve you and they can do a great job. And so I think it's a time Rajiv, of, of changing our stereotypes, changing who, what we think we are, what we think they are, and, and who's us and who's them, and what's selling and what's buying. Um, it, I think it's really healthy. I mean, I hate to say this, but I think COVID, um, in many cases, it was tra it's been tragic because of the hundreds of thousands of people that have suffered and died. And But I think that it it's pushed us on to a place where we are coming to grips with things in business for sure that we had, that we weren't coming to grips with. And now we are, and that's a good thing. I think that's a very good thing. And, and, and I think that um, life uh, rewards the courageous. I think life rewards the educated. I think, and education is not just school. It's the, like you and I, probably the, the, the school of hard knocks, you know, you learn from your mistakes and uh, that's the best, le that's the best teacher of all. Absolutely. 
So, so Blair, how, how long have you been coaching? <laughs> um, officially, I don't know. I, I've been in this business. I've been doing this business since the early 90s um, and um, training, coaching, teaching. Um, you know, I did. I, I used to do coaching a long time ago, then stopped doing it, do more training and bigger groups and bigger groups and bigger groups and organizations stuff like that. And just recently I've gotten back to the coaching. Why? Because, well, first of all, it's easy to do now because I don't travel as much. But the other part of it is because I really wanted to get closer to the custom, our customers to find out what's going on for them, what find out what, where their heads are at. And it's been unbelievably valuable, unbelievably valuable to be able to, I mean, I'm in the training business, so it makes sense. But to be able to actually go from training to coaching to dealing with smaller groups and individuals and interacting with them um, on an ongoing basis has been extremely valuable. But I've been doing it. We started, let's see, Kiyosaki and I both started this journey together about 1984, I'm going to say 1983, 84. We started training to train because uh, we wanted, we were enamored by it. We were, uh, we studied a guy, a fellow by the name of Dr. Buckminster Fuller. I'm not sure if you ever heard of him. Bucky Fuller, a great architect, engineer, prolific author, changed our lives. Um, and, you know, I started doing it part-time. And in 1991, 92, I think I sold my trucking operation in LA to teach full-time. Um, and it's been a wild ride ever since. It's I've met some of the greatest people in the world, been in some of the most beautiful places in the world, um, and had some of the greatest wins in the world. So it's been a, a great, great adventure. So your clientele, is it mostly corporations or is it also individuals, executives? These days, it's mostly uh, individuals, entrepreneurs, um, individuals that are a lot of employees that want to become entrepreneurs. Um, and larger, larger groups. I don't, I used to do almost all corporate, corporate type training. I mean, like I said, back in the late nineties, early two thousands, it was, again, it was HSBC in Hong Kong. It was diners world travel and Singapore. It was Singapore airlines around the world. It was, you know, it was all that kind of stuff. And it was very rewarding, but it was very taxing. Um, and, the frustration that I had, as we kind of talked about this earlier, is that I would go in and we'd do some amazing work, building championship teams, increasing sales, setting up, you know, great mission statements and, and, and code of honors. And, and then the administration would change, <laughs> you know, or somebody knew there would be a new CEO and they'd bring in their team and their idea and their philosophy and then all that would be gone. And it just was very disheartening for me because I'm very passionate about what I do and I really like to watch it grow. Um, so now, like I said, I do mostly work with, we do a, a few corporates um, like L'Oreal, still do a lot of work with L'Oreal brands all over the world, but with, um, with mostly with entrepreneurs. And then what, what's your sales process? How do your uh, clients find you? <laughs> Well, we, 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 do, we have several different ways of generating leads. We generate leads. We have promoters. Having been in the business a long time uh, and having a, a decent reputation, 
I have, I've worked with some of the most amazing promoters in various areas in India and across Asia and Europe and Latin America and Mexico, um, all over the world. And, and so these people, you know, we, we have a series of programs um, that teach people how to be great trainers and leaders and facilitators. We also have a series of programs that teach people how to be successful entrepreneurs um, and a bunch of pieces in between that. So, and they promote those programs and I show up and I teach and, and we do joint ventures. We also generate a lot of leads through referrals. All of our trainers deployed around the world are go through a lot of training with me and they become certified and then they promote programs. I help them create their programs. I help them facilitate it. Sometimes they bring me in to do it or mostly what I'm mostly interested in getting them to teach those programs, which they do eventually. So I'm trying to actually do less of that. And my goal is probably over the next couple of years, I'll be doing less. So Blair, uh, one of the questions I have is you have something called the Mountain Leadership Experience. What's that about? Oh, okay. okay thank you. Uh, mountain Leadership Experience is about, we take every summer uh, for two weeks, we take a group of my students or colleagues uh, to Tanzania, Africa, and we climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Wow. which is the largest freestanding mountain in the world, right? And so I, I've, been, we've, I've been going there since 2012 um, when I went there with my son. I didn't go there. Uh, we just went um, to do an adventure together. Uh, but it was such an amazing experience that when we came off the mountain, I was talking to our guides who actually are from Scottsdale area here where I live. And we decided, I said, there were so many lessons. I journaled all the lessons that I learned there and, love to teach this to other people. So ever since then, every year, we take a group of about 25 to 35 people up the mountain. Well, we first go there, we work in the orphanages and the hospitals, and we do community service for several days. That was the original reason why I went to Tanzania was to do community service with my son. And then we climbed the, the mountain after that, So, um, which turned out to be an amazingly difficult uh, experience, but unbelievably um, rewarding and learn so much. So that's what it is. So it's called Mountain Leadership Experience. And if anybody's interested, you go to mountainleadershipexperience.com or you go to blairsinger.com, find out about it. And um, it's an amazing experience. It's kind of like your seven days, uh, the set of uh, the 14 day, 13 days, seven days are on the mountain. Uh, I think it's we're five and a half days up and a day and a half down. Um, and it's a, my, every day is a microcosm of your entire life and your entire business. So at the end of that day's journey, we get in a big dome tent and I debrief, what'd you learn today? Um, and there's a big ahas, big insights, many tears, lots of laughter. Um, and it's just, I keep doing it for me <laughs> because every time I go, I, I learned so much. Awesome. Uh, you also have a podcast that you run? Well, we have, we have a podcast that we're bringing back up again. And a podcast right now, we call it The Other Side of the Coin, uh, which is the fact of the matter there's always at least two sides to every issue. I mean, 
There's the good part of selling. There's a the bad part of selling. There's the good part of the pandemic. There's a the bad part of the pandemic. But it's a podcast that uh, I'm doing with some of my friends, some of the Rich Dad Advisors, um, with uh, some of our uh, our amazing team. Um, some of my trainers that started with me are now way surpassed me in some certain areas, like in areas of marketing, uh, video marketing, sales, uh, and team development, things like that. Interview them as they work with thousands of people themselves. Plus, other folks that are of like mind, you know, or of unlike mind to find out what the, the other side of the coin is. Awesome. So uh, the best place to find more about your programs and book, would that be BlairSinger.com? That's right. BlairSinger.com. At BlairSinger.com, we have a whole, excuse me, virtual training academy up there on that website that is um, uh, filled with classes and master classes and pearls of wisdom from, from the other advisors. Um, there's a whole classes on little voice mastery, you know, video-based classes, a whole class set of classes on uh, sales mastery, team code of honor mastery of how to be a great teacher, leader, facilitator, even if you're not doing it professionally. Um, so there's all kinds of great stuff there. And if people want to find out, there's a lot of great free content as well to go check it out at BlairSinger.com. Awesome. Well, Blair, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. Very inspiring. I'm sure a lot of listeners will go and check out your website, your programs, your books and all. And uh, we wish you the very best as you move along. But before I let you go, one takeaway for the listeners, anything that you'd like to share? Sure. I guess what I like, most people have a very, are very poor judge of time and space distance. Okay. We overestimate, underestimate horribly. And so what I'm going to say to all everybody based on that is the distance between you and where you want to be or who you want to become or what you want to achieve is not nearly as far as you think it is. Okay. It's really mostly the distance between your right ear and your left ear is the distance. And when you really get your head around that, there's really no excuse not to achieve what you want. The only thing that stops people is that this, incessant thought that I got to do things alone. I got to do things on my own, which is what we learn in school, that you got to be the performer. But the truth of it is at anything that you want, if you can assemble a decent team, uh, a team that's committed, uh, you can achieve just about anything. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Blair. It's been a pleasure talking to you and it's been a pleasure learning about you. Thank you so much, Rajiv. Same here. Take care.